Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why does making friends as an adult feel so What hard? should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a foreign But that Why hookup was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want, want to know, know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show for another special bonus episode. Today, we are joined by Robin Growley, the head of consumer deposits at Bank of America for a budgeting boot camp. Robin, thank you so much for joining us. Josie, thanks for having me. I'm super thrilled to be on today. I know this may seem like an obvious question, but I'm curious, why are budgets so important? That's a really great question. I like to think of a budget really as your one-stop shop, right? That's the one place where you can see your income, you can see your expenses, and you can see your savings. And that's really an important view to have for everybody, particularly as we work towards our financial goals. Our goal is for everyone to be financially healthy. And so regardless of where you are in your financial journey or how much money you make, I think it's really important for everyone to have a budget. Do you think that everybody, regardless of goals, income bracket, everybody needs a budget? Yeah, absolutely. Because once you set those goals, you need to figure out, like, how are you going to achieve those? And a budget really is your roadmap to achieving your financial goals. What do you think are the biggest challenges that people run into when trying to create a budget? To always rise to the top. The first being impulse spending. It's one of those things. We're all guilty of this. We see the word sale and we're like, oh gosh, it's the bargain of a lifetime. There's got to be something really good. I've got to go buy. And we all have that little voice inside of our head that's like, oh, don't miss that bargain. What I would tell you is the impulse spending is really what I think derails us from staying on our budget a lot. Even myself have to figure out how do you kind of rein in that impulse spending. Part of what, you know, I talk about quite a bit with, you know, some of our clients is around just that delayed gratification. And there's so many different strategies around delayed gratification, but I think that's one of the pieces that we really have to practice probably more because we do see so many sales and especially after the holidays, there were so many sales during the holidays you know, now after the holidays is where it's the first start of the year, it's really a good time to practice the delayed gratification. And a really great example was actually shared by a friend the other day. And, and she said, now that we're started the year and you're seeing all these sales online, like her strategy is, okay, I really like those pair of pants or that dress. I'll put it in my shopping cart online. And then I just let it sit there and maybe she'll sleep on it. And the next day she goes back and she's like, if I still remember to go back and it's in my cart, and it's still available, okay, I'll usually buy it. But sometimes with sales, obviously the item's no longer available. She's like, oh, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be anyway. So I really love that as an example of kind of that delayed gratification piece of it. And then the other part that we hear quite often too, right, is it's just around clients not setting their financial goals. They focus on the budget piece of it, but it's like, well, that's great. You get in the car, 
and you're going on your trip, but you don't know where you're going. So that's the really important part of setting the goals and really understanding what do you want to achieve? Are you saving for a trip in five years? Are you saving for a house a little bit longer term? Or is it just an emergency fund? What is it that you're really saving for? And then that can help you in terms of, of developing your budget because you actually know where you want to go. Yeah, it's like being intentional. I think there's a lot of times too where I... It's almost like the rush of a sale. Like I actually was just experiencing it this week where I'm like, oh my God, there's this huge sale at the store I love. So I wanted to buy all these things, but then I waited. And then the next day I was like, they're still in stock, but I don't even know if I want these things. Like I wouldn't buy these things full price. It's just like the rush of a sale. I think a lot of times the spending is not really contributing to our best life. It's actually just something that we're almost like mindlessly using in a way that's not making us feel actually happier. I'm curious your thoughts on this. I have come to love calling a budget a spending plan because people hear savings or budgeting and think of this very limiting idea that they should you know, be saving absolutely everything that they can and they should be restrictive with their money. But I've learned the purpose of money is not to let it sit somewhere unused, right? It's to use it. Even the purpose of savings is to eventually be able to spend your money. So I like the concept of a spending plan because it's not this restrictive, limiting mindset. It's just making a plan on how you want to intentionally spend your money instead of spending it mindlessly on things that won't really impact your life. You're absolutely right. We work hard to earn money so that we can enjoy a certain lifestyle or we can achieve our financial goals. And and again, those are going to look different for everybody. But I think it's more of the purpose of being intentional and you have your goals and really being able to say, no, I want to enjoy my lifestyle. I don't like, want to make financial choices that make me stressed. And I don't want to be unprepared should there be an unexpected expense. But I do want to enjoy life. And part of enjoying life is being able to have that healthy financial journey along as you go throughout your life. So I think a spending plan is a really great way to to think about that. It's almost like a roadmap, whether you call it budget, spending plan. It's like a roadmap to how to use money as a tool to get your best life. Completely agree. Yeah. What a great, fun way to talk about money. No (laughs) one talks about budgeting like that, right? That's so much more fun. The other thing I would say, too, is budget, when you hear that word, it sounds like a really daunting thing. I mean, it's like, oh, gosh, a budget. I probably need to read a book about that and I can go do a lot of research. And you're right. I mean, whether you call it a spending plan, a budget or planning for my fund money, whatever you want to call it, having that plan is just the most critical part so that you ultimately can ensure that you're on the right road, if you will, to get to where you need to be for your life. Let's dive into how to create a budget then. Where does someone start if they are completely new to the idea? Take us back to ground zero. Is there a method to creating a budget? Yeah, absolutely. I always like to think about just keeping it simple, right? Keep it really simple, especially those that are just starting out and figuring out where are they even getting their their money coming in? How much do they have? Let's just keep it simple. And so I um, have what I call the 50-30-20 method. 50-30-20, so really simple But the first step is just taking really an inventory of what income do you have coming in? You have to know what inflows do you have coming in for the month? Some people have inconsistent income, some have regular income, doesn't matter. Whatever you have, list that out. That becomes your inventory. That is your starting point. And then from there, take 50% of what you have coming in, your inflows, and dedicate that to your essential expenses. Think about your essential expenses. You've got to pay your rent, right? If you have a car loan or you have insurance, 
want to pay all of those. And then also you need groceries. You have to eat. Those essential expenses need to comprise, I'm going to call it like 50-ish percent of your overall inflows. And then from a 30% perspective, that's where you would characterize that as your wants. So this is where you're going to go out and think about living your lifestyle. You shouldn't exceed, I would call it general rule, like 30%, but allocate that in your budget so that you have some time to go out and maybe you do see that sale that you want to buy something or you want to have dinner with your friends. Because again, you want to enjoy your life and you want to enjoy your money but you don't want to be too free with your money. So allocate 30% of your inflows for that. And then the last 20% that should be focused in on your savings. Savings is so critical. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about savings, but rule of thumb, 20%. And then at the end of the day, you also have to remember too that life happens. And sometimes we have that unexpected expense. Maybe it's the car repair or the doctor visit that you weren't expecting. Maybe it's the vet bill. Those happen too, right? So you have to understand that that 50, 30, 20, it can be flexible because if you have an unexpected expense, maybe that's the month that you're not going to be doing any sales shopping. You're going to pull back and you're going to pay that unexpected expense. So I would just say use those as, as general guidelines, but be willing to go back and revisit if you have something unexpected that comes up during the month. That's really helpful to know that there's flexibility within that. So people don't feel down on themselves when they don't hit that 50, 30, 20. And I think that's a great point. That's an awesome goal and guideline to work towards. But then some months it may be 70, 20, 10, it may be a 40. I can't do the math that fast, but you know, it might be different every single month and that's okay. And you can adjust. How often should you be reviewing or adjusting your spending plan? So I would imagine if you get a new job, if you have a new salary, but also probably like if your rent increases, if you start a family, obviously big life change, like what are those ways that maybe people don't realize that they should be reviewing and adjusting their spending plan? Yeah, you're exactly right. The big life events, the things that you're like, whoa, wait a minute, this is absolutely going to impact my spending behavior, my savings behavior. Those are the moments that you really want to pause and take a really detailed look at your budget. But in addition to that, you really should do a monthly tune-up. When you think about what you spend every month and you're going back in and comparing it to your guidelines, that's a chance, a really good opportunity to say, wait a minute, am I spending within my guidelines, my 50, 30, 20? Or am I starting to see a trend that like every month, that 30% of wants, that's creeping up closer to 50%. So that can be an early trigger point for you to say, wait a minute, I'm either on budget or I'm not on budget and I need to stop and take a bigger look at some of my spending habits. Or maybe if I know I'm spending too much, I'm not going to be able to save and do my vacation this summer. So it really gives you just an early opportunity to make some changes before you find yourself too far off of your budget. I know that you had mentioned having an inconsistent income. This is actually one of the biggest questions we got from our listeners is someone owns their own business. So it could be very different incomes month to month. Some people are freelancers. So again, that's inconsistent. How can you create a spending plan or a budget when your income is so inconsistent? Even if you have inconsistent income, you need that budget because you still have the essential expenses, the planned expenses every month. But what I would say, when you have that budget and you also have inconsistent income, the one thing that you need to prepare for is making sure that you're willing to revisit that budget more often. Because if someone has consistent income, they're probably going to spend a bit more consistently. But 
when it's inconsistent income. Be thoughtful about revisiting your budget more frequently. Number one thing to do is make sure that you have a really good understanding of what your non-discretionary, your essential expenses are. So every month, if you have to pay rent, if you know that you're going to you know, make a car payment, or you're going to buy groceries, make sure that that always comes off the top, if you will. You're always prepared to pay that. And then the second priority, change it up a little bit from where we talked about the 50, 30, 20, your second priority should be really preparing your emergency fund. Because if you have inconsistent income, it's going to be probably a bit more stressful for you if something pops up, that unexpected expense. So I would say that should actually be your kind of number two priority is making sure that you have some funds set aside to cover those unexpected expenses. Because at the end of the day, finances are, are emotional anyway, but when you have that unexpected expense, maybe if you're a freelancer and you're not going to have income that month, that's going to be even you know harder to manage. But if you've done some planning and you've saved a bit for that emergency fund, you're going to be able to manage through that with a bit less stress. And you're actually probably going to be even, I think I would say feel more empowered because you've planned and now you're able to take care of that expense. And then the other part, I would say your non-essential expenses. So again, we all want to live our life. We all want to enjoy. And the months that you do have the income coming in, maybe that's a month where you do a little bit more of the treat yourself. You can go out maybe one more time, but those months that you don't, that's probably an opportunity for you to be able to look and say, wait a minute, I know I'm not going to have as much income this month. And you really use that as an opportunity to kind of pull back. Those are opportunities where you can really feel empowered and still help use your budget. And that's going to keep you on track, if you will. It sounds like too, with inconsistent incomes, it's almost like you can do the reverse, like for people that know what they're making every single month, they they have their exact paycheck, they can then set the 50, 30, 20 around that number. But it's almost like you can start the reverse of know what you need, like what are your expenses, yep. and then work to make that much if that makes sense. Like that's your goal and what you make. So you can almost use the 50, 30, 20 as your goals for what you're going to make and do it in reverse. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Look, it's, it's really being able to say, I know that I have inconsistent income, so I must cover the must-dos to so make sure you have enough set aside to cover the must-dos plus your emergency fund. And then if you have some extra, great, you can use that for a bit of your discretionary spend to go out with your friends or whatever that may be. But if you don't, well, you know that you're going to be able to cover those essential purchases. This is top of mind for me, especially as we're in the beginning of the year. We made it through the holidays, but the holidays are a time where there are a lot more expenses than I think people even know to budget for and prepare for. Obviously, there's gifts, holiday parties, travel, all of those things come up. But any time of year, when we do have those bigger expenses, whether it be an emergency, whether it be a layoff, whether it just be something like bachelorette trip, all of a sudden pops up that you have to go to and it's this huge expense. How would you budget to allow for these unexpected bigger expenses? Number one, it's important to be honest with yourself when you're setting up a budget, like, and you want your budget to be realistic. But when you know that you've got something coming up, I think it's important that you actually take, and when you look at that kind of 30%, if you can, to be self-disciplined and say, look, I'm going to go ahead and maybe I'm going to make a purchase, or I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of early shopping for the bachelorette party. You're getting that head start so that you don't incur all of that expense at one time, because that's when it really makes it hard. And that's when you start to get harder and you're just, you're like, gosh, I 
I don't have enough. It's not going to be fun. It kind of takes the fun out of some of those moments in life that really should be fun. But I also think about the unexpected expense. So let's just put aside the holidays and the trips, but talk about the car repair that's not expected. What do you do there? That's when I would say when you have some extra cushion in your budget where you should really take and make sure you've got that emergency fund or you have some savings. Because if you have three months to a year of essential expenses saved, that's going to give you sufficient cushion um, to really weather those type of unexpected events. When I say three months, some folks are like, oh my gosh, that's just completely unachievable. And, And that's okay, right? So start weekly. Think about the fact that if you put $5 away a week, $5 over 52 weeks is $260. Might not seem like a lot, but it certainly will make you feel better to have $260 sitting there in your emergency fund if something does pop up. Even if it's more than 260, at least you have something to fall back on. And I think when you break it down on a weekly basis, if you go to Starbucks and you buy a coffee, it's usually going to be more than $5. So hold off buying that coffee one day a week and go put the $5 in your savings account. And then that's going to help you have at least $260 by the end of the year. If you're a weekly listener of the Every Girl podcast, you know that working through mental blocks around finances was a huge goal of mine in 2023. I was so over feeling bad about money and ready to take control of my personal finances. That is why I am so excited that we're working with Bank of America to bring you high quality advice with tools to manage your money and crush your financial goals. Bank of America is the perfect partner on our mission to empower women on their financial journeys. For me, educating myself and improving my relationship with money has been totally life-changing Bank of America has a financial education platform called Better Money Habits, which is full of tons of free resources and videos for anyone looking to improve their financial health. From budgeting tips to investment strategies, they offer resources and tools to help women feel confident and knowledgeable about their finances. Bank of America is also committed to providing thorough, personalized support to help its customers gain the knowledge they need to make empowered financial decisions. Whether you're saving for your dream home, starting your own business, paying off debt, or planning for your future, Bank of America is here to help you reach those milestones. If you're looking for a financial partner that understands your aspirations, check out Bank of America today. A lot of people have this idea of, I can't start saving up for things because I'm still trying to cover so many current things, but that's such a good point that there's no such thing as too small to start with. I have created many spending plans for myself, but the hard part (laughs) is actually implementing them. So once you create a spending plan or a budget, how do you ensure that you stick to them? If you have more expenses, then you probably need to be more detailed in your plan. Because when you're more detailed, that's really going to help you understand where your money's going. And if you have a lot of expenses and you start to detail those out, that can be an aha moment for you because you can be like, oh my gosh, I'm still paying for this or I had no idea. So that additional detail can really be eye-opening sometimes and it can be that moment of truth for you. If you are a little bit heavier on the expense side or if you find yourself like continually going over your budget, you probably do need more detail in your plan than less. And then over time, you can adjust that level of detail. It's better to have more than less. But then I get back to what I mentioned earlier in terms of just the frequency of checking in. We all walk around with a phone in our hand all of the time, right? And we have mobile banking. It's, it's so available to us. 
there's so many great tools. I know here at Bank of America, we can set alerts on you know, our transactions. And so depending on what transaction you want, you can set different alerts and it'll tell you. So I think that's a good way to informally track, but then at least once a month, sit down and go through your spending plan and really understand how are you tracking to your intentions? Because ultimately you want to achieve those financial goals. And once you have that detail, and then you start building the healthy habit of checking your budget regularly. It's just going to come second nature to you. And it's not going to be like, okay, now I've got to carve out my Saturday afternoon to do my budget. No, you're going to, it's just going to become part of your natural behavior. And you're going to candidly probably look forward to it because you're like, yeah, I'm making progress on my financial journey and I'm feeling good about it. It's part of a self-care practice. Absolutely. I love that. So that's a great way to think about it. So let's say someone didn't listen to you. They didn't do those tips for maybe one month, maybe a few months, and they overspent on their spending plan. What are some tips that you would recommend that they can do now to start helping or correcting? Number one, don't be hard on yourself. Saying it happens to everybody. The important part is being able to stop where you are and say, all right, I need to get back on the roadmap. I need to figure it out. And I need to refresh my roadmap. I need to refresh my spending plan. Typically when we hear about overspending or when you, we have conversations with our clients around overspending, it's really the day-to-day -day purchases. It's not the unexpected expenses, the emergency fund that you have to tap into. It's really those day-to-day -day purchases. So it's really being cognizant of how many times are you going out with your friends or how many times are you not taking your lunch to work and you're going out to buy lunch, right? Those are the day-to-day -day purchases that really add up. There really are some simple adjustments when you start looking at where you're spending that you can make and really course correct and get back onto your budget. So again, but don't be hard on yourself because that just makes an even a more challenging situation to course correct with those smaller changes. You can definitely get back on track. So let's dive into that 20% a little bit deeper, the savings. Can you break down for a total newbie? What does the savings actually look like? Is this the emergency fund? Are you putting 20% towards an emergency fund? Is this saving for a big trip? Is it saving for a house? Is it like, I feel like savings is such an arbitrary number that a lot of us are like, we don't even know what money we're supposed to be saving, but we just know we're supposed to be saving, you know? So I, I, I would love for you to break down what is savings? You hit it. Everybody to begin with with savings, it's like, oh gosh, what am I even saving for? That's the question we all have to ask ourselves. What are you saving for? What is your goal of savings? And I always think about it as if you don't have savings, really your order of priority, it should be, let's start with your emergency savings fund because everybody needs an emergency savings fund. If anyone's listening and really wants to take one piece of advice away, make sure you have your emergency savings fund in the top of that 20% that you, you work on that. And again, that three months to one year, and especially if you're just getting into savings, make it just a month of essential expenses. No amount is too small. And once you get that cushion in your savings and you say, okay, and now I've got at least a month of expenses saved, then you can build on and maybe you want to take a trip that summer. Okay, well then where are you going to go? Are you going to fly? Is it going to be a driving trip? You need to outline how much you think that trip will cost you. And then that's going to give you a way to assign a financial number to that savings goal, then that will help you understand, okay, if I'm going to go and it's going to cost me $500 for this trip, how much do I need to save each week until it's time for me to go on my trip? So that will also in turn help tell you of that 20%, how much do you need to allocate 
for your overall trip because you've been able to use your your savings goal to inform that savings behavior. And so those savings, should that be in a separate savings account or can people just leave that amount in their checking? I would absolutely recommend a separate account. When you think about your checking account, that really is more for the purposes of your everyday spending. You're paying bills out of there. You're transacting in that account. Whereas your savings account, like that should be used as a separate account. You have access to it. It's your account, but you're not going to accidentally spend the money in that account. You'll be able to keep your emergency fund in there. You can keep any of money that you're saving for specific goals, whether it's short-term goals or long-term goals. That can be in a separate account, your savings account, and you know that it's to a certain extent, I'm going to use the word protected from like your everyday transaction and your everyday purchases. Where I think it's fun to have the separate account is because you can see your savings grow, right? If your money is combined in the checking account, and it's, so if you're purchasing money and your savings, the picture's not that clear, right? What are you going to spend versus what are you going to save? But when you have it in a separate savings account, and you've, you know, you've really been diligent about putting that 20% away and you start to see it grow, like you're going to get excited. That's something to be really proud of. It's one of those empowering moments. And you're like, okay, high five to myself here because look what's happening. And you're going to really be able to see that picture much clearer when you have it in a separate account versus combined. That's true. That's so much more empowering to get to see that number grow. Absolutely. Yeah. I know we talked a little bit about people who feel like they haven't been able to contribute to savings thus far. A lot of people feel a lot of shame around savings because they're working to pay off debt and cover their current expenses. So savings is like their last priority. What advice would you have for someone who hasn't felt like they've been able to contribute to savings? don't feel ashamed because you're not alone. But number two, don't compare yourself to others either, right? Everyone is on their own financial journey. And if you're just getting started or you've been on this journey for two years, it doesn't matter where you are. It's making sure that you're clear on where you want to go. So it's establishing your financial goals. And then once you have those financial goals established, obviously, if you've been paying off your debt, that's clearly been one of your goals. But now if you want to add savings into that's amazing. That's fantastic. But remember that you can start slow on your savings because sometimes when we have multiple goals, we don't move really fast on those goals, but we are making that incremental progress. But slow and steady is the way I like to think about it. You know, saving $5 a week gives you $260 a year. Maybe that can be your goal because at least you've gotten started. At least you're going to build that behavior. And I think once you get started, it's easier to continue saving. Don't let not having a lot of money hold you back from starting that behavior. Are there any methods or tools that you use to simplify the savings process? Automatic savings tools are the best. My favorite one to talk about, I like to call it pay yourself first. If you have a paycheck or you have inconsistent income, doesn't matter. But think about the fact that in those instances where you have a paycheck every other week, every week, whatever it is coming in, you can take and set up an automatic transfer into your savings account. When that money goes from your paycheck into your savings account, you're not tempted to spend it. It's not as though you have to remember to go into your checking account and then transfer money into your savings account. It really is an automatic option to help you achieve your goal. And you put it on the, I want to call it the set and forget it to a certain extent because it's automatic. It's going to happen. And you're going to be able to continue to you know, move down that path of achieving your savings goal without having to remember to do something every month. 
Um, the other thing I love here at Bank of America, we have what's called the Keep the Change program. And for that program, what we do is every debit card purchase you make, we round up that purchase price to the nearest dollar. So let's just say you did buy that latte and it was $4.75. We're going to round it up to $5. So that 25 cent change will transfer that from your checking account to your savings account. And that in turn will help add to your savings as well. Again, that's just another automatic option. And many financial institutions have a lot of great tools. So I would say Make sure you go out, you do your research, you look at what kind of automated tools are available for you because that can really make a difference and help you down your path on your savings journey. What a genius way to start saving without feeling like it's affecting your life at all. I also am a very big fan of automation. I don't know if this will help anybody listening, but this is what I like to do is I automate my investing, like my salary automatically, I got my 401k set up and then I automatically have a savings account that it goes into. So then the only thing I worry about is the money that comes left, how I'm prioritizing that money. So then to me, that feels way easier than, okay, I got to figure out my exact savings and spendings and all these things every month. I just focus on my spending because the savings and the investing is all automated. I love it, Jesse. That's right. I think the more that we can take off of our to-do list, the higher chances of success we're going to have because it becomes that recurring behavior. You don't even miss it because it's not in your spending account every day. It's already where it needs to be and it's going to so help true. you on your financial journey. Yeah. And because it's in those separate accounts, you're able to look at it and say, all right, it's growing. I feel great about this. That's so true. I kind of forget about that money because I have been so used to just like seeing the money that's hitting my checkings account. So I forget about it. And then you go look and you're like, oh my God, go me. Wow. I didn't even realize <laughs> anything that makes it out of sight, out of mind, but you're still investing in so much for your future self to have that savings. Totally. How often should we be looking at our savings account? Look at your savings and I'm going to call it your savings plan, similar to your spending plan. I would advise looking at that monthly too. As you're looking at what you're spending, think about what you're saving because Certainly, as you go through and you look at, you know, what you're spending, you may say, you know what, look, like, you're right, I really don't need to spend that much. That's going to give me the opportunity to save a bit more because I'm going to have some extra. And then you can, again, adjust your spending plan accordingly. So I would recommend looking at those together. And, and on a monthly, think about that monthly tune-up that I mentioned. Look at them on a monthly basis if you can. Yeah. And I would imagine that your savings do change often. I think that we don't really talk about savings as something that changes. You know, we see it as there's this fixed amount that we want to save, but then things come up all the time. Maybe you were thinking in three years, I want to buy a house and then something in your life changes and you are no longer on that same path. Maybe you meet the person of your dreams and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to buy a ring in a year. You know, things change all the yeah. time. Maybe you want to go on a vacation. So I, I think that's a really good tip to check in once a month. This is a question that we've heard a lot, but if someone receives a bonus if they get some random payment, like they do, you know, a babysitting job for a month or something that's not a part of their income and they get this bonus payment, what percentage of that should go to their savings, their debt, and their current self and spending? It's a good question. And I'm not going to give a, a hard percent because everybody's journey is different. When you go back and you look at your plan and you look at your financial goals, really say, okay, of my financial goals, what do I have on there? And if I have debt that really is giving me a lot of stress, then put more money there, right? Your goal is to be able to, you know, and you said it earlier, Jason, you want to be able to enjoy the funds that you have. 
But then because you have maybe debt, you don't want to be stressed. Maybe you haven't been on a vacation in three years because you've been so focused on paying down your debt and you've made a lot of progress. Well, maybe take a small portion of that and take a reasonable trip, right? You may not have to spend all of it, but get some enjoyment out of it. And then that way you feel like, okay, I was able to take this trip. I feel really good about it. But now that I'm going to save 60% of it, but I'm going to spend 40% and I'm going to enjoy it. So I think it really is just the most important thing is not when you get that the funds in your account isn't immediately spending it. It's taking a minute and being really thoughtful about how you spend it and what you want or spend it, save it, invest it, pay down debt, whatever you end up doing, take stock of your financial goals and then really make a very informed decision on what you want to do with the funds. Robin, this was such an educational conversation. I learned so much. I'm ready to go assess my spending plan, get my savings right. I'm feeling so inspired. So thank you so much for joining us. It was so educational. Oh, you're so welcome. And Josie, thank you for having me. And I really hope the tips help some folks out there and just know that we can all be successful in our financial journey. Preach, Robin. I love it. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know I sure did. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference for our show so we can keep growing and bringing the content that you love. If you want more info, you can find us at The Evergirl Podcast on Instagram or theevergirlpodcast.com. Talk to you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.